I thank you, God, for the opportunity and the privilege, Lord, to minister to your people. Lord, I thank you for what you've placed in my heart. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need your help. I need your anointing. I need your wisdom as I share what you've laid on my heart this morning. Lord, we believe we receive it. Father, in the name of Jesus, you, you know what you have in store for us this today. And God, I just ask, Lord, prepare our hearts, our minds, our ears, even as you have already done so, Lord, as you've placed things in order in this service. Lord, we step in and we move into that place, Lord, and we just say, God, <laughs> you have your way in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> as I begin my message, you'll know what I mean when I say that, that uh, this is a setup. This is a setup, not because we got together and we planned and said, this is what we're going to do. No. Because God himself cared enough about you today, no matter who you are. The, the, what, what the Lord has dropped in my heart is a message for all of us, myself included. And we've been set up by God himself to hear what he wants to hear. You'll remember in our worship service earlier today, which was just amazing with the presence of God. And as Tatum began to share about the hail, I guess if you really want to say it, we have to go back to the Lord. <laughs> Not that he's the originator or the cause of the hail, but he turns and works all things together for good. You know, what does hail do when it comes to the ground? And there's a plant there or there's a house there, or there's a person there. Damages, huh? Damages. And that's what I want to share about this morning. I'll start with the scripture, and then we'll, we'll move into it. So uh, if you have your Bibles this morning and you'd like to, uh, to follow along, it'll be up on the screens. But uh, let's, let's uh, look at Isaiah 42.3. Isaiah... Chapter 42, verse 3. So it says, uh, A bruised reed he shall not break, and the smoking flax. He will not quench, or, you know, this is kind of a, even though this was the American King James Version, it's still a little old English for me. I should have probably picked a different one. But it says, a bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax, he won't quench. A bruised reed, he will not break. A smoking flax, he will not quench or put out. A bruised reed, he will not break. A smoking flax he will not quench or put out. We're just going to start with that part right now. I remember the first time that I heard a minister minister on this, and I don't think I understood a word he said. You know, it's like, what in the world? And you're probably sitting there this morning going, where is he going with this? And uh, with the Lord's help, hopefully we'll all get there. Because the Lord definitely has a destination for us this morning. A bruised reed. A bruised reed. I don't know if there's anybody in here that still has a little infant. I think most of the times they manage to get all those guys back into the nursery. 
But if you can just picture in your head, you know, earlier we had James and Desi with their little one. And uh, for those of you who've been parents, all of us have been children if we're sitting here today. If you had the ability to take that little one and never allow them to be bruised, wouldn't that be your heart as a parent? Isn't that your heart? That all the days of their life, they will grow up and never be bruised. Somebody used the word damaged. I don't know about you, but that's not always been my experience in life. Those hailstorms come. Situations arise. There's death. There's loss. Things take place. And bruises come. And bruises come. A bruised reed, he won't break. A bruised reed, he won't break break. Our Heavenly Father, Jesus, his son, is not in the business of adding insult to injury. He is not the bruiser. I've heard that expression. There's a big bruiser, you know. I don't make a very good big bruiser, but, uh, but uh, that's not our Jesus. What this is saying is He didn't come. This is talking about Jesus. He didn't come to see us in our bruised, damaged condition and come to break us. That's not what he came to do. That's not what he came to do. A bruised reed, he won't break. You know, um, something that's been humorous to my wife and I is when we've moved here is... uh, how many bugs y'all have back here? <laughs> they're here, they're there, they're everywhere. And we, lots of times we come in the lobby in the morning when we're opening up, and I don't know if it's because of the street lights, but they'll just be all these little critters scurrying around on the floor. And, you know, we're, you know I, I don't do that, but, you know, Jody you know, has to do the dance to get in without them, you know, but I'm supposed to be catching them. And, you know, I do catch and release. So uh, if you want me to get a spider out of your house or a, a bug out of your house, I'm doing catch and release, you know. Uh, there's others. There's, there's Pastor Virginia is not a fan of catch, you know, catch and release. And those of you who've lived here longer, that's not what you do, you know. And, and we've observed that. And we've like, did you see what they just did? You know? And so there's this little bug scurrying across the room. And they don't even think about it. You guys just, you know? Is that, is that, how, is that the right way to do it? You just, you know? Yeah. They're, yeah, there we go. Taking, they're taking dominion. You know, I, we, we, we won't try to do the theology on that one right now. But uh, <clears throat> what, that's not our Jesus when it comes to us. He sees he sees. Wow. He sees each of us this morning where we're sitting, and he sees. He sees. He sees. I didn't warn you this morning, but I knew what God was going to do this morning. You know, when we come and we come to church, we have our walls. And we have our boundaries. And we hide behind them. 
we've got our pretty faces and whatever we do to present ourselves when we come to church and we smile. But God sees. God sees. He sees those bruisings, and he didn't come to step on them and smash them. He didn't come to step on and smash us, smash you, smash me. We're going to keep going with this. A smoking flax, he will not quench. A smoking flax. What that's talking about, because I'm like, well, I know what flax is. Don't they make linen out of that? But in the Bible days, they made candle wick out of it. So it's a smoking candle he will not put out. Now, <clears throat> if I have a candle, and I had one. I was going to use one for a demonstration. It's in the back room. But if I have my candle here and I put it out, we all know that it smokes for a while before it goes completely out. There will come a time when that candle won't even smoke. Okay? We know where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, there comes a time when all the fire goes completely out and there's no smoke. He's not talking about candles this morning, and he's not talking about reeds. And as we go through life, we can get to the place where we feel like we're that candle. (laughs) There's no flame left anymore. There's just a little bit of smoke, and we feel like, and again, this has to do with what we feel like. It's about to go out. Maybe you haven't been there. Maybe you don't feel like you're there right now, and that's okay. Praise God. Praise God. But for those of you who are, and you have felt like that candle that's just about to go out, there's hope for you this morning because Jesus didn't come to put you out. That's what that's saying. He didn't come to put you out. Okay, let's, let's go a little bit more. Um, The next part, it says, he shall bring forth judgment to truth. Now, this scripture is is quoted again in Matthew. So let's pull up Matthew 12, 20. It looks like they're working away back there, but maybe we can get the scripture. Okay, good. Um, Matthew chapter 12, verse 20. Matthew chapter 12. Now, the reason I want this translation... because it has a word on the end that that's where we want to end up with. So it says, um, so you can tell it's it's quoting of the same same words that we were just reading in Isaiah 42. A bruised reed he won't break, a a smoking wick he's not going to put out, till he sends forth judgment to victory. So we're going to unpack the rest of this verse here. Till he sends forth judgment to victory. Till he sends forth judgment. Judgment. Okay, we're going to park on the word judgment for just a few moments. Judgment. Now, this is good news. It's one of those things that I'm just, I guess, really beginning to understand what is the significance of this. You know, it's like, it's like so this is new to me, uh, new to see it in this dimension, in this, this area. Judgment. Let's, um, okay, we've, we have this scripture But let's go to another one, and then we'll come back to this one. And let me look for the scripture reference here. Uh, It's in John 16, 11. 
John chapter 16, verse 11, and then we'll come back to Matthew 12, 20. This will help us explain. <clears throat> so John, this is Jesus, of course, in these last few chapters of John, 14, 15, and 16, speaking to his disciples. And if I, you know, we'll have that verse up there, but I'll just start reading ahead of time. But it says, uh, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit coming, verse six, chapter 16, verse 8, when the Holy Spirit is come, he will convince or reprove the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment. And he gets down to verse 11, and he says, the Holy Spirit, now I'm just going to say this again, is going to convince the world of judgment. And then he finishes it with this phrase, because the prince of this world is judged. The prince of this world is judged. Not going to be judged, is judged. Now, <laughs> okay, if you want to, uh, you can put the, the other scripture back up there, but we'll talk about this for just a moment. Now, the reality of this is just exploding in me this morning. Because the prince of this world is judged. Now, when you judge a ruler, everyone underneath them also comes under that same judgment. Okay? So Jesus didn't mess around. He didn't, you know, just take care of something way down here in the lower ranks. He went, up to, he went to the top. Now is the prince of this world judged. And the judgment that he has received, we all know, he's destined for the lake of fire. Now is the prince of this world judged. Now why is that significance? What does it have to do with the bruised reed? What does it have to do with the candle that's about ready to go out? Now, let's go back to the Garden of Eden for a moment. Did Adam and Eve have help messing up? Open, open book test. You can look in the very beginning of your book. They had help, huh? They had help. Think about this for just a moment. Who was it? It was the prince of this world. The prince of this world. And that's where he became the prince of this world. We're not going to go into that. But he has all those who have been working for him and with him all these generations since Adam, it's kind of odd to think about, but you and I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Adam. You know, it's easy you know, to think about our parents, you know, that, oh, yeah, if my parents weren't here, I wouldn't be here. But it goes all the way back. For generations and generations in each of our families, in each of our family lines, in each of our family trees, there have been those assigned by the prince of this world to mess you up to bruise you. That has been their assignment. That has been their assignment. The prince of this world, for generations, in our family lines, in our family trees, he has assigned those who follow us because they don't die. They just go from generation to generation. And they know what messed so-and-so up in the past is going to mess up their, their son, their daughter. It doesn't have to, but they will try with all their might to bruise, to bruise, to put you out. Just for reference, John 10.10, 10, most of us probably know this by heart. You'll probably hear it a lot if I ever speak very much because I use this scripture a lot. And I'm just going to use the first part of the verse. We'll get to the last part in just a few moments. 
the thief comes, okay? Who's the thief? Prince of this world. Who's he got working for him? All these people who have been following us all our lives to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Okay, bad news, right? If it weren't for Jesus, it's like if we were going to stop there, it's like, oh, I wish I didn't come to church today. I was doing good until I heard this, you know. No, it's good news. We're going to end up in a good place. But we have to know that this, the work of the enemy in our lives, in our family trees, has been judged. It's been judged. It's been judged. It's been judged. Everything that the enemy is designed to steal from us, designed to kill us, designed to destroy us, has been judged. Okay, we're going to switch pictures here for a moment. We've got a convicted felon, a convicted criminal. Okay, so he's standing here, we'll say. If the judge pronounces judgment on him, what happens next? Depends on what the sentence is. Might be death. But the judgment has been pronounced on him. That's what we want to focus on. The judgment has been pronounced on him. How many people have ever heard the expression, the devil made me do it? You ever hear that before? Okay. Now, there's a balance to this message <laughs> for those of you that are going, yay, I can go do what I want. You know, the devil made me do it. Now, that's not what we're saying this morning. We are focusing on freedom and, and getting out of the things that steal, kill, and destroy from our lives. But there is truth to that statement that he definitely, he doesn't, you know, force us to do anything. He will, try, he will if we allow him. He will take all the ground we give him. But we do have our own choice. We do have our own choice. But the thing and the work of the enemy that he has been doing has been judged. Has been judged. So, let's go to the last part of the verse. And um, let's go to the last part. This is of, we'll, we'll come back to the last part of this verse. What I meant was Matthew twelve twenty. Okay, so we've talked about the bruised reed. We've talked about the candle that's about to go out. We've talked about how the enemy has been judged. The enemy of our lives, the enemy of our souls, the enemy of our children, the enemy of our grandchildren, the enemy of our great-grandchildren, great-great-great-grandchildren great-great-great-grandparents, the enemy of all of us, has been judged. Now we get to the good part, Matthew twelve twenty. the very last part of the verse. Okay, so, starting back from the very beginning, a bruised reed, okay, he's not going to break it. He didn't come to break us. A smoking candle, he didn't come to put out. He's done the judging part. Till he sinned, judgment forth to victory. Okay? Jesus didn't come just to beat up the devil. Okay? He had a reason. He had a purpose. He already had victory over the enemy. Jesus didn't need it. He didn't need it. You and I did. 
you and I did. Jesus wasn't bruised. He wasn't about to go out. But life does that to us. It bruises us. And (laughs) with the work of the enemy, he does everything he can to just say, you know what? I'm just going to let it go out. There's no hope. Because of the things that have happened to me, the bruising. You know, um, before we get back to the victory part, I just want to take a moment here. Sometimes... Again, because we come to church and we, we put on all the masks and all the faces and we smile at each other. There's times when we will sing and we will watch and we will look at the people who are worshiping or we will look up at the worship team and we see them and we hear them sing the songs of victory. We hear them sing the songs of the Father's love. We, we you know, we get exhorted to do this or to do that, you know, and it's, and it's we... There are those of us who, even though we want that, we don't know how to get there. In other words, we are trapped in that place of being bruised. We are trapped in that place of being the candle that's about, like, ready to go out. And we see others who seem to have victory, and you can sing all you want about the Father's love, but I don't feel it. There are those of us who, when we come into church, we feel better. But we don't experience everything that God has for us. We don't really know what it means to have that place of victory. We don't really know the life that he came to give us, which if we went back to John 10.10, he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. You know, we, we can quote these scriptures, we can talk about them, but I want to give you a definition of abundant life this morning that has to do with the scripture that we're talking about. Abundant life would be a life without bruising. Is Jesus the healer this morning? I remember, I don't know if she's in here, but one time Lenny came up and she had this short little word, and it was so sweet. You know, prophetic word, the Lord gave it to her. And I was like, wow, that was powerful. She said that Jesus wants to wash our boo-boos. <laughs> you know, and it was like she had, she had been working with one of the little, little ones that they had, and I don't remember which one. I think it was, I don't remember. But anyway, so she, you know, she was like, and God spoke to her when she was cleaning up somebody's owie that God wants to wash our boo-boos. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know what? He does. He does. He wants to wash them so well that all the infection and all the yuck and all the bruising that has taken place was as if it never happened. That is victory. That is victory. That is an abundant life more abundantly, is being able to live our lives in such a place of wholeness and healing that all the things that may have happened to us, all the bruising that may have taken place, and there's bruising in lives that we have absolutely nothing to do with it, had nothing to do with our own choices. There's times others, others bruise us. There's times that we lose family members. 
Somebody may be here that lost a father or a mother when they were an early child. You didn't have anything to do with that. And yet it leaves a bruise. It leaves a mark. Nothing missing, nothing broken is what shalom is. And the victory that Jesus has means that if there's nothing going to be missing, then every part of us, and we're spirit, soul, and body as we hear in this house, every part of a spirit, soul, and body can be made whole. As if we had never been bruised, as if we'd never been broken. We have such a grasp on this when it comes to sin and righteousness. He was made sin for us that we might be made righteousness. And a lot of us have no problem believing that we're forgiven. But that same place, Isaiah also says, I didn't use it as one of the scriptures, so it won't be on the overhead, but you'll probably be familiar with it. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, Isaiah 53, 6. And again, it's one of those verses that, it's like, what does that mean? Well, chastisement is beating. Chastisement is beating. He was bruised, okay? Remember the bruising that we started with, with our first verse? He was bruised for us, says the chastisement of our peace. Think about that this morning. God's not in a hurry. Think about that. Who do you know that is going to step up to the plate and take bruising for you? You may think, well, I don't have anybody that would do that. Yes, you do. You not only have somebody who will take it for you in the future, you have somebody who took it for you even before you were ever born. Even before you were ever born, even before you ever experienced anything good or bad in life, he was bruised for you. He was bruised for you. And why did he do it? Why did he do it? He did it because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoking candle he will not put out till he brings forth judgment to a place of victory. To a place of victory. I'm just going to start praying. I really don't know where we're going to go from here. <laughs> so so I, I, I just know that that's, this part of the message is done. And so, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, Jesus, I want you to, if you can, just close your eyes, put your Bibles down, put your books down. Even though I am praying, I want you to see Jesus. Focus on him. This isn't about me. It isn't about a message or anything like that. Jesus has a work that he wants to do today. He has a work that he desires to do, to bring us to a place of victory that we've never known before. And so, Father, as we just come before you, Jesus, as we come before you, Lord, we don't want to rush this. We don't want to rush this. We don't want to rush this. Hmm.
So Holy Spirit, for each of your children, for each of your children, for each of your children, in your sweetness and in your gentleness, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. What I'd like you to do right now, and don't worry.